0: peace everybody welcome back to another episode of the podcast known as behold pop culture the show where we take a look at some prominent people figures and events and pop culture today and try and see what lessons we could take away from them this is the first or i should say today marks the first day of the new format that i will be implementing and just to give a quick overview, I will be giving some piece of news every Monday regarding sports, music, film, and gaming, and try to see what we could take away from those news or just give my general opinion of what's taking place. Today, the day on which I'm recording is August 27th, and some pretty big news hit the timeline that I would be remiss if I didn't begin with discussing. So I had initially planned to talk about what was going on in the NBA playoffs. Almost every team in the East was getting swept, and the Western playoff series were heating up with the Lakers starting to get good again, OKC and Houston being competitive, Denver and Utah having an incredible rivalry with young point guards Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray. But something else hit the timeline, something that I don't think any of us really saw coming. So yesterday, Wednesday, August 26th, a pretty big moment happened not just for basketball, but for the entire sports world. The Milwaukee Bucks and Orlando Magic were scheduled to have a game and... That didn't happen, to say the least. The Orlando Magic came out to warm up, but the Bucks didn't. The Orlando Magic eventually, about three minutes before the game, went back to the locker room, and there was confusion about what exactly was going on. But not too long after, it was reported that the Bucks decided to boycott the game. This is, of course, in light of the recent Jacob Blake situation where a police officer shot him seven times in the back. And without elaborating too much, unfortunately, it's another case of police brutality. And the video is out there if you would like to see it for yourself. So these players, in an effort to boycott, not the NBA, but to boycott police brutality, didn't play. And as you likely would expect, the next two games had no choice but to follow along. The pressure was put on them. The reason the magnitude of this situation is so great is because in sports, there's a continuous pressure applied to players surrounding their purpose in a society. Is it... To be celebrities? Is it just to entertain? Are they responsible for social issues? There's often never a crystal clear answer to what exactly the role of an athlete in a society is. But I will say this. I mentioned this in my fantasy football episode as well. There oftentimes is a disconnect between fan and athlete, Because when you're a fan of a team, their mishaps are somewhat irrelevant to you. When you're only interested in being entertained or seeing a team or player's success, it's very easy for you to fall into the hole of dehumanizing or altering your view of these people who are not much different from you. They just worked hard at a sport and are being rewarded for it. So when we look at this situation, it's so important because even for this one day, it showed the entire sports world and the world in general what could happen when this group just decides to stop not only was it a moment to see their human side, a moment to remember a lot of these people care about the same things that you do, but there may be restrictions on what they can say, what they can do, or maybe they're just interested in scoring the most points and winning the most championships. But today, the day after this, the conversation has shifted The conversation has become, how do we value athletes in our society? I invite you to consider that before I dive into my answer. So what is the value, what is the purpose of an athlete in our society today? I saw a quote on Twitter yesterday that I think encompassed what my perspective is. Sports are a reward for a well-functioning society. So when you take these athletes, and I'm specifically talking about the NBA athletes right now, you isolate them, you put them in this bubble. They can't leave, their family has to come in quarantine to see them, and they see events happening on television. I'm far from surprised that they might feel... Helpless, And whether it was well organized or not, their attempt to make a change, their attempt to inspire action, whether it was well organized or not, shook the entire sports world. Nine plus hours of entertainment was stopped just like that. So what is their true power? If they decide not to play, the owner's money is severely affected. Theirs as well, but what are they willing to sacrifice? So I wanted to pose that question just to shed light on that. Shed light on the power that athletes can wield when united. This was quite possibly the biggest demonstration in opposition of the concept of shut up and dribble, the concept that suggested that athletes' purpose is just to play their sport, go home, rinse, and repeat. So I have to commend the NBA players for doing that, for uniting, coming together and deciding we're going to stop work specifically in response to what's going on now for you the listeners and for me as well the question becomes what's next what's what's the purpose of this boycott truly we know that awareness is going to be raised because every media outlet is going to be discussing what's taking place here we know that the athletes have done something that will be cemented in history forever. But how do we tie this back to progress? Progress is the key word here. How does this connect to progression and the betterment? I'm not even sure if that's a word. Let me rephrase that. In the improvement of the conditions for Black America, how does this result in the change that they claim to be seeking? The reason that this question is so important at the moment of this recording is because I'm seeing now that the NBA players decided that they will be continuing the season. They likely will postpone the games today and Friday as well, but they will be returning. So I have to ask you, what can the athletes do to affect change? I know that a decent amount of athletes have been preaching Vote. Vote. Find what you want to change. Find a candidate that associates with it and exercise your right to vote. And that's great. That's that's perfect that they're passionate about that and that's what they believe will inspire change and they're using their platform to spread that. But can a policy really change racism in america a mentality i th- this is a this is a real discussion here because i'm asking you to ponder on this when one team can make an entire industry pause to consider what's going on i have to question what's their reach beyond their industry can the athletes truly do something that will affect the mentality of parts of America? It's just a question I'm bouncing around. I would love to hear your perspective, the listeners. I just wanted to come here in a moment of just freestyling this to pose these points of inquiry. And I would love if anyone who's listening to this could share their opinion, you know, interact with me on my social media. And I could come back on the next episode and maybe revisit some opinions if you have anything particularly thought-provoking. But that aside, I just want to conclude by saying this. Putting Black Lives Matter on the court, putting Black Lives Matter on the back of a jersey doesn't inspire change I don't know if that's a controversial statement or not, but it's something that I truly believe. Coming together, a group of teams coming together and stopping one of the biggest industries in the world, that grabs attention from everyone. You could not have watched a second of NBA basketball And seeing a moment like that can make you pause. So just consider the power that athletes could have if they were united on these issues, if they came together and ironed out a plan, a plan that would transcend their sport, transcend their celebrity. I'm as big of an NBA fan as you'll find But I also know that if these players came together and decided that the change that they wanted was some alteration of the legislature, some implementation of a new law, and they decided we're done, we're not playing until this specific change happened, there is little doubt in my mind that these billionaires that are invested in the industry of the NBA will find a way to make it happen. And that should show you where I stand on this situation. Props to Kyrie for being forward-thinking with the situation. I think that there's going to be a lot of people apologizing to him. But I think that this little segment sewed together some thoughts that I've been tossing around in my head. Now we'll move on to something a little more lighthearted. We'll now go on to the music section of the podcast where this last week there wasn't too many albums that came out, at least any notable ones. I really just found one album that kind of dominated the attention when it comes to mainstream output. This was Queen's rapper Nas's most recent album, King's Disease. His mainstream return since 2 years ago putting out his collaboration album with Kanye called Nasir. This album King's Disease was a collaboration with prominent and still growing producer Hitboy. So Queen's rapper Nas would would come back and deliver Honestly what I'm looking for from an aged rapper, a uh, album that would be synonymous with the aging of fine wine, a reflective album. But what made this album so unique in Nas's catalog is for one, the production was consistently great, so props to Hitboy on that. And he tapped in with the youth. He came together with some younger artists like ASAP Ferg, Big Sean, Don Tolliver, and it sounded great. He let them be themselves on the tracks, and I have very little criticism for this album. It was a solid project that he put out, but I wanted to just put out there a small lesson to take away from this album. If you're interested, I definitely recommend it. This album is a blatant representation of growth, something that I always support on this podcast. To be what is now considered in the culture an old head, an aged rapper in the game, and be willing to connect with younger artists to be open-minded. And for it to not only be him being open-minded, but to be rewarded by that with a solid project... Just shows you that sometimes someone who you may never expect to connect with could reap great benefits for the both of you could form a potent relationship. This album was definitely in my opinion a standout in his discography, and I'm glad to see someone in the culture maintaining tranquility, artistic growth financial stability, and just overall being a good representation of what hip-hop fans want to see from their favorite artist. True success in life, not just having a number one single, not just being able to sell out a crowd, but being able to mature with something that you love. So with this somewhat shorter segment, I just wanted to praise Nas for... What he accomplished here and again I'll conclude by saying I definitely recommend this project for anyone who's interested in hip-hop music. Now to move on to the film section. This was a pretty big weekend for one particular company. The company that I'm referring to is DC, the DC Superhero Universe, where this weekend they planned this event called DC Fandom, where they just gave it all away. They announced all their plans for the future and, and for a company that, if you didn't know, has been struggling in the film industry, if we're being honest here. Outside of the Batman series that gets all the praise in the world for being a film that people who aren't particularly into superheroes could enjoy... DC has flopped with some mainstream superheroes that you would expect to be easy home runs for them to hit. Superman movie gets bad feedback. Justice League gets bad feedback. Superman vs. Batman, which should be a superstar movie, gets bad feedback. DC has been fumbling while Marvel has been running away with the bag making all these blockbuster movies, shattering all of these records, and just dominating comic book fans. So DC, I guess, took the time to come together, plan, and figure out what their next idea, what their next form of attack will be. And they conduct this DC fandom event where they announce again wonder woman is coming soon a movie that i think was underrated it actually in my opinion was a pretty quality movie i i have to be honest i enjoyed that movie and i didn't expect much because again dc's track record hasn't been great so they re wonder woman which i think people will go to see they announced a super cut For the Justice League movie now being four hours, which I will say is the only point of contention I have from this event. I don't think anyone who saw the Justice League movie is particularly interested in seeing a four-hour version. They also announced the Suicide Squad movie being directed by the same director of Guardians of the Galaxy. I think that that's pretty interesting. People will be looking forward to that trailer because the Suicide Squad movie wasn't great either. But now having the director of Guardians of the Galaxy makes for some pretty interesting overlap. I think he did a great job with the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, and I would like to see where he takes another mesh, another group of super, I guess, super villains now, and seeing where he could take it. But the biggest moment of the DC fandom when it comes to film was the reveal trailer of The Batman. For those who don't know, there had been some backlash when the pictures came out and people were skeptical of Robert Pattinson, I hope that I pronounced his name correctly, was announced to be the new starring actor for The Batman. Most people know him from Twilight, And they just had never imagined him, I guess, in this type of role. I stayed open-minded, though. I know that the Batman movies are usually handled with care, so I assume because this guy isn't the most famous actor in the world or anything close, he likely had to really push for this role, prove that he's willing to become the Batman, the deeply broken, fractured, confusing oftentimes character that is Bruce Wayne. So DC revealed the trailer. And man, they did it with this one. They definitely piqued our interest. We came into, again, another dark world with this reboot. We have some main characters, particularly Jim Gordon and Selina Kyle, also known as Catwoman, who were white characters, honestly, being played by black actors. We have the return of a lesser-known villain in the Batman series for casual fans known as the Riddler, which I think makes for a movie that will be filled with detective work if you're a fan of that as well. And we come to Batman, who in this trailer just looked, for lack of a better term, Awesome, dark, grooding And we have this scene where these people ask, who are you? And Batman looks at them after beating up one of the villains and says, I am vengeance. What a perfect way to introduce us to this new Batman series. DC killed it with this one. I highly recommend looking at the trailer if you're at all a fan of the Batman series. So we're in for a good one with this new detective movie of the Batman. We're in for it with the Wonder Woman. I just have to commend DC for their reveals this weekend. I know the film industry, particularly the movie part of the film industry, is in a little bit of a conundrum with the COVID. I've been looking forward to the Tenet movie coming out, and they still haven't been able to bring it to theaters because of COVID concerns, which I totally understand. So the big news of the weekend was definitely the DC announcement, and I wanted to shed some light on that. And the takeaway from that is sometimes when you're not succeeding at what you're doing, when you're making some mistakes, there's a tremendous value in taking time to pause, regroup, replan meditate on what you've been doing and coming back stronger faster smarter to approach your situation and it seems to me that that was exactly what DC did here they took the time off to plan a little bit and they just dropped a bomb of all of these upcoming plans that i think it's it's looking up for DC after this and that allows us To end with the last segment, the gaming segment. If you haven't heard about this new game, Fall Guys, let me tell you. It is taking not just the gamer industry by storm, but just popular culture. This game where you play these weird oval-shaped characters with arms and costumes and are just participating in a game show. It's it's kind of like... Hole in the Wall meets American Ninja Warrior meets just every every game show you could imagine. It comes together here where they're doing these obstacle courses and you want to make it to the end where if you win, you get a crown that you could use to buy more costumes. This game that seems clearly designed for kids is dominating right now, similar to what Fortnite did. And this, I've played it so I could tell you from first-hand experience, this game that is an anger simulator, because when you're falling, you're falling, as the name suggests. It's fun. It's fun. I I don't think that it's going to last long. I think that it's also not for everyone. You definitely have to go in there just expecting to play somewhat of a mindless run and jump to enjoy it, but it's making headlines for sure. So just as someone who's keeping an eye on the industry, I'm paying attention to what they do with it. You know, there's not too much of a lesson to take here, yet it might be a little cliche to say this, but getting put on is one thing, staying on is another. So I'll be keeping my eyes on how that game company, how that team decides to proceed with all of the fame that's hit them. But in addition to that, DC, who I just reported on announcing their movies, announced two new games that I expect to be pretty big titles for the next generation, the PS5 and upcoming Xbox releases. There's not too much to say here, as they're likely a year or longer away from releasing these games, but I just wanted to point it out for anyone who keeps the Batman series games on the radar because they announced two amendments to it, a Gotham Knights game surrounding his partners, the Robins and Batwoman, and a Suicide Squad game for anyone interested in that, where it seems like you'll be playing in this universe from the side of the villains. Again, have to commend DC. They had a big weekend for that company. But the real news that I wanted to come here and talk about is something that could affect not just the gaming industry, but the digital app platform. And of course, what I'm referring to here is the Apple case. For added context here, the popular game Fortnite recently tried to get one over on Apple They found a way to bypass Apple's default tax on anyone who has app transactions and tried to receive all the profits from people who make purchases in the app. Apple was not excited about this at all. As soon as they caught wind of this, they took the app down from the App Store and banned them they have no interest in you populating their platform if they could not get a cut from it. So Fortnite is bringing them to court to get a temporary ban lift and also sue them. But what this really translates for the rest of us, the people who aren't members of the biggest company in the world, who aren't the leaders up there, is that is another lesson in the power of ownership. When you're leading a company like Apple, you have such an unbelievable amount of leverage that people can't bypass you. For those who are hardcore programmers out there, you can be the best app developer in the world and... In terms of the platform, in terms of the atmosphere, it really only is relevant to Apple and Google. There's no other platforms. For mobile, there really isn't any other way for your app to be relevant. You have to go through Apple or Google to make any sort of significant progress there. So Fortnite makes their app for Apple and believes that they're owed all the profits. They pay Apple to be on there and they want to take any profits they make. Clearly, Apple disagrees. I can't fault Apple here. Their platform is enormous. They have so many people around the world with phones in their hands, with iPads, with all these different devices, with computers, and they bring the fans to you. But this is something to keep an eye on because there are people out there who are great app developers who wish they didn't have to go through this. I believe when I read the report that they said there's a 30% tax that Apple takes away from in-game purchases. That sounds steep when you're making the type of money Fortnite is making. If you're making $100, $30 may not sound like a lot, but if you're making $100,000, $100,000, a 100000000 that starts to add up pretty significantly. This is another thing just to keep your eye out on. I really wanted to just mention this because the lesson here is if you have something great, you want to try and maintain ownership for as long as possible because you never know what that could be worth. If you invested $10 in Apple when it first came out, you're probably doing pretty well financially now. So if you're an app developer out there, this is something to just keep an eye out for because there's a chance. I don't personally believe that there's a strong chance, but there's a chance that Fortnite wins this case and changes the entire app atmosphere. Maybe Apple has to lower their tax. Maybe there becomes a conditional where you can bypass that tax. But ownership is so important with anything that you do. You want your talents to be recognized. What you do, what you are able to do, whether you're the greatest writer in the world, the greatest programmer, the greatest speaker, whatever it may be, you want your talents to be valued. And that's why you always want to keep in mind what you're worth. Always keep that in mind because... If you're doing something, if you've studied hard, if you've practiced more than the average person, you deserve to be rewarded for what you're capable of. So don't allow people to undercut you. I doubt that that's going to be as big as the billion trillion dollars that Apple and Fortnite are grappling over, but that could be something as simple as, you're worth $200 and someone's offering you $100. If you're ever taking less than what you deserve, it should be because you're getting some type of benefit, some type of advancement, hopefully in your career. So you should always keep in mind your value, your worth, because people will try and undercut you. But that's the main takeaway here. I just wanted to shed some light on that real quick. And that brings us to the end of the first segment-based version of this podcast. You made it. I made it. Thank you for listening to this. Thank you for being a part of this journey. If you enjoyed this, please rate this podcast five stars. Follow it. Subscribe. Let me know what you think. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and... As I always say, it might be more true now than ever. Let me know if there's any feedback you have, any ways that you think I can improve this podcast. Your support is much appreciated. And I always appreciate you taking out time to listen to this podcast. And I'll talk to you next time. This is Behold Pop Culture.